It's an action-packed motion picture featuring incredible special effects from the award-winning team of Industrial Light and Magic. That's Mommy and Daddy. Sometimes when you search for the impossible, an unbelievable adventure unfolds. I wish we had furry creatures like you where I came from. Don't miss the Ewok Adventure. Hello, it is February 7th, and I hope you know what that means. Yes, it's a week from Valentine's Day, but that's not what I'm talking about. It is Star Wars Podcast Day, and I'm recording two episodes to celebrate its 25th anniversary. This episode of the Rambling Star Wars Fan is going to celebrate another anniversary. 2024 is also the 40th anniversary of the Caravan of Courage, an Ewoks adventure. So get yourself a ration bar, a fuzzy Ewok, and hold on tight to your miniature horse, because we're about to race off on an adventure of our own. The Ewok adventure will continue in a moment. Tomorrow, your friend is an agent for the KGB. Yub nub, everybody, and welcome back to a special episode of the Rambling Star Wars Fan. I'm Ken, the host of this little show, and this is part one of a double header of episodes to celebrate the anniversary of Star Wars Podcast Day. 25 years ago, on February 7th, 1999, Lucian Mayer started his show called Jedi Talk. It was created before podcasts were even called podcasts. Way back then, it was called Internet Radio. And if I was a betting man, I would bet that he did not realize that he would be making history. The special editions of Star Wars inspired him and some of his friends in Utah to create a talk show of sorts dedicated to our favorite far, far away galaxy. His show had its own set of struggles. He dealt with equipment issues and recording hiccups. Makes me feel a little bit better to know that even the pioneers of Star Wars podcasting had their share of obstacles. And none of those obstacles were ever big enough to stop them from getting together to talk about Star Wars. Well, our friend Dan has organized over a hundred shows for this year's event. The Rambling Star Wars fan will be joined by some shows that listeners of this podcast should be familiar with. The Inflatable Falcon, Star Wars Geek Girl, The Beskar Bucket, The Bantha Milk Podcast, and The Pod Awakens. There's also a whole bunch of shows out there with names like Yubcast, From a Certain Point Askew, Jawa Jabber, and The Mando Show that I have yet to listen to. And if nothing else, the sheer number of podcasts that exist that are dedicated to Star Wars should help reinforce what Dave Filoni said at Star Wars Celebration London. Star Wars is forever. Speaking of forever... 40 years ago may feel like forever for some of our listeners. It was in 1984 when the first Star Wars spin-off movie was released. George Lucas still had aspirations of having Star Wars on television, even after the infamous holiday special of 1978. ABC was interested in taking his half-hour story and turning it into a two-hour movie of the week. George and his assistant, Bob Carew, wrote the story... Thomas G. Smith, a former manager of Industrial Light and Magic, produced it with Patricia Ross Dugnan, while George's friend from USC, John Cordy, served as director. 
Several of the other early makers were also involved in this film, like Phil Tippett, John Berg, Dennis Murin, Carolyn Green, and Joe Johnston. Some of the stars in this movie were Tony Cox, Kevin Thompson, Thompson, sorry, and Debbie Lee Carrington. Three children, Warwick Davis, Aubrey Miller, and Eric Walker, played main roles in this movie, and it also, oddly enough, had a theatrical release in some countries outside of the U.S. And the fact that three kids played key roles or main roles in this movie is a really big deal because the two boys at the time were only 14 and Aubrey who played Sindel was just five years old. Now I could spend days and days rambling on about the history and the making of this movie but that's not what this episode is about. Instead I'm going to talk about 25 of my favorite things from The Caravan of Courage and Ewok's Adventure. Okay, so this is where the fun begins. I'm going to do my best to stick to just 25 of my favorite things from Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. And we'll start with the most basic of those things, and that it was on television. And thanks to Disney+, Plus, it's on television again. I mean, I remember being a kid and having this piped into our house and onto our television, which was was tiny by comparison to the ones that we have in our house now. As a kid, it gave me an excuse to be able to stay up a little bit later than normal on a night before school, and I absolutely love it. Loved it, and I still love it. I mean, the fact that, that the executives at Disney decided to put this and the other Ewoks adventure movie on, on Disney Plus for us to watch over and over and over again is just an absolute blessing, and I totally, one million percent appreciate it. Second thing on my list is it was just more Star Wars. In fact, not only was it more Star Wars, it was more Ewoks, the cutest of the cute. Um, and in some ways, you could, you could go so far as to say that this was well, a, a little bit of George being George, you know, subverting expectations as he, as he commonly does. Some Star Wars viewers wanted to see more stormtroopers and spaceships and laser swords, and George said nope. He dared to be cute with Return of the Jedi, and he dared to be cute again with Caravan of Courage. The third thing that made it to my list was the fact that the main characters for this movie were kids. I mean, I was nine when this movie aired on television, and I remember how much I loved watching it and kids in Star Wars. I mean, other than that baby Ewok in Return of the Jedi, I didn't remember seeing any kids in Star Wars. I guess cantinas and military briefings and fights with laser swords were grown-up things. This movie put kids in the action and made them part of the heroic team. Another thing that's fantastic about this movie is that it brought magic into the world of Star Wars. I mean, I mean, Star Wars always had magic in it. I mean, there were wizards that could trick people with incantations and waving of their hands. They had flying ships and, and laser guns that made sounds in space. They could even make rocks fly and fl- fighter ships float with their minds and oh yeah and, and 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 don't forget there was that one guy who could shoot lightning out of his fingers i mean the caravan of courage showcased the old timey kinds of magic like glowing crystals and fairies and i was all about it and speaking of magic this movie reminded me a lot of the fellowship of the ring i mean there was a special 
quest that took them from one place to here and there and back again. Along the way, this band of misfit friends with their unique skills and special tools face several challenges along the way. They even met a few monsters and they had to overcome physical obstacles that that had the potential to end their journey real quick. Yet it didn't. And don't forget about the magic. There was magic sprinkled throughout that entire adventure, whether it's a spinning top that that showed Mason Sindel's family in a, in, a, in a faraway place, or a giant monster that had them trapped. So this was a, a fantastic adventure with kids at the helm. And speaking of kids at the helm, another great thing about this is it was up to the kids to rescue the parents. I mean, I sat in my living room in pajamas and I soaked all of this up. I mean, the kids didn't have to wait around for some tough, brave adult to, to fix the situation or, or save everybody. I mean, these kids gathered some friends and got to work making things happen. And yes, I know that their plan was devi- devised by Low Gray, who was an Ewok elder. And even still, it was up to the kids to make the adventuring happen in order to save the parents. Number seven on the list is the emphasis and importance of teamwork. I mean, teamwork has always had its place in Star Wars ever since the beginning. I mean, the droids helped each other and the rest of the team while they bickered about doing it. The small bands of rebels joined forces to take on a larger, more advanced empire, including the Ewoks in the third film of that original trilogy. And this movie made teamwork a solid focal point. It did not attempt to hide the fact that the true audience for this movie was kids and the lessons was put in this movie were easily seen, understood, and shared, and teamwork was at the core of, 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 of those lessons. And while it's true that the team was ultimately successful, it's also important to note that no one person knew it all and no one character did it all. Each character contributed in their own way, and the special abilities that each person had or each purpose that each person had is the eighth thing on my list. I mean, in my real world job, I talk about teamwork and identifying special gifts, talents, and strengths in, in order to get jobs done. And the other day, I almost said, we've got to find a way to bring out your best chuka truck to a co-worker. And I'm so glad that I didn't because I'm not sure that they've ever watched Caravan of Courage and it probably would have made that conversation get real weird real fast. Speaking of Chuka Truck, that's another thing that I absolutely love about this movie is we got to learn more of the Ewok names. I mean, in Return of the Jedi, I don't know if a single Ewok's name was mentioned. In this movie, we got Wicket and Whittle and Weechi and Logray and Shodo and Deej and Chuka Truck. Not to mention some of the other ones, but it was just fun to hear them hear their names uttered over and over and over again. And in addition to the Ewok names, we also got introduced to a whole bunch of Ewok words. Yubnub, Gunda, Lerdo, Kavark, and Feech. And I'm not really sure, but I think a couple of them might have been swear words. I mean, I don't speak Ewokese, so I'm not 100% sure about that. But just some of them in the context of the, the sentences that were being spoken, I'm pretty sure that there may have been an Ewok swear in there somewhere. 
Item number 11 on my list was the fact that Burl Ives served as a narrator for this movie. And as, as a kid, I didn't know who the person was behind the voiceover. However, I do remember that it was the same guy who was responsible for the voice in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He had one of those magical, memorable voices, sort of like Morgan Freeman or David Attenborough or even Jacques Cousteau. And having a narrator help make this movie feel like a fairy tale movie, kind of like the ones that Disney would make. It was a different kind of story in the world of Star Wars. I enjoyed it as a kid, and I now enjoy it as an older kid. Twelfth thing on my list, Deej on a hang glider. I mean, the makers of this movie wanted to go a step further than Return of the Jedi, and they actually had a little person dressed as an Ewok flying a hang glider over the hills in California. How awesome is that? Thirteenth thing on my list were the behind-the-scenes movies by Warwick Davis and Eric Walker. I mean, from what I've heard of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, George went so far as to give Warwick, who played Wicket, and Eric, who played the the oldest brother in this movie, Mace, gave them movie cameras and gave them encouragement and, and advice on making movies. And so they, behind the scenes, they were filming little clips and, and, and things like that. So I thought it was very cool that while George and the other makers were making a movie, he also encouraged these youngsters to make movies of their own. So the makers were inspiring more makers. In fact, Eric Walker... He and I exchanged a, a, a couple text messages not too long ago, and he was kind enough to share a, a little uh, a little snippet, a little a little piece from the documentary that he's making. I'll share that with you uh, closer to the end of uh, of this episode. So it's pretty cool to know that the the youngsters in that movie are still involved with with sharing stories even to this day. Item number 14 on my list is the fact that they use some of John Williams' music in this movie. So even as a kid, I can remember watching it and pointing out that there was there was a section of, of music in this TV movie that was also from an actual you know movie movie, Star Wars movie. So just, yes, I'll, I'll wholeheartedly admit I was even a nerdy fan back then and, and remembered you know bits of the, the music from film to film. Speaking of things that are used from film to film, that cute fuzzy thing that was in the tree and lured Mace to stick his hand into the into the tree was actually the space slug from Empire Strikes Back. So they recycled some of the mu- music for this movie and they even recycled some of the props for this movie. And it also goes to show that some things that look cute can actually be very dangerous and possibly rip your arm off. Item 16 on my list are the matte paintings. And the matte paintings for me are are an example of how the makers of this movie used the movie magic that was available to them at the at available to them at the time. And I would bet that if that movie was made today, they probably would have used computer graphics and 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 things like that. But at the time, they used that that standard matte painting effect to expand the scenes and and so on. Speaking of some of those those 
typical movie magic things, the item 17 on my list are the stop motion puppets. So they use matte paintings and they use stop motion puppets. Heck, why don't I just expand it and say puppets in general? I mean, they had these these big spider these spider monsters that they didn't even attempt to hide the, the strings from them. And once again, if they had today's technology, they most likely would have made those 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 spiders and, and the puppets a little bit more advanced than they than they than they were in this film. But the the, the one of the beauties of it is the simplicity in which these movies were made. Item eighteen on my list were the secret special tokens or totems that were part of this adventure. I mean, some of the items looked fancy, like feather crowns, while others were incredibly basic. I mean, one one of them was actually a rock. And each one of those totems was special for its character. And each totem contributed to the overall quest. Yes, even that basic rock was more than it than it appeared and served a very key function. I want to spoil it for anyone if you haven't watched it, but that rock is more than just a rock. Which gets me to, you know, item 19 is the brilliant lesson that was tucked into this movie. Another brilliant lesson that was tucked into this movie is that things are often more than they look like. I mean, you've got Ewoks, Mace's gift, that rock that he just casually threw away. And, you know, what's that, that, that old phrase, you know, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover? Well, in this case, you shouldn't judge a hero by its size or its age, the amount of fur it has, nor should you judge a, a, a magic totem by what it looks like. There can be a whole lot more to this thing than initially appears. A little bit ago, I talked about the matte paintings and how I, like, appreciated those aspects of the movie and the, and the puppets that were involved. Another thing that I really liked about this movie were the props. I mean, they made games and maps, an actual hang glider. There were rope ladders and, and, and village huts. It was just every scene just about had some sort of wonderful prop in it. I mean, if it were up to me and I, if I had the skill set and the, the time, I'd love to make a mace a Mace Tawani costume. I mean, complete with one of those blinking vital signs bracelet that he had, maybe his blaster, that geode that he carried, and that, that magic totem that was tucked inside. The props helped make this this story seem real, and it, it all fit into that, that magical Star Wars universe from the, the busted-up Star Cruiser all the way to the, 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 the walking stick that the, the Ewoks carried. In fact, I think one of the items in in this movie may have been in Kristen Baver's 100 Items book. Item 21 on my list, well, I'm not all the way to the end yet. Item 21 were the Wisties. I mean, I still, to this day, as a 40-plus-year-old adult, I think of the Wisties whenever I see fireflies. They were the little the little fairies that, that flitted around and, and, and so on. In the, in the movie it was a, a fantastic example of the technology at the time and the special effects and they were just fun to witness on screen and like I said as an adult whenever I'm out and about on a, on a, on a warm summer day summer night rather and I see fireflies I think of Wisties and Caravan of Courage item 22 was the fact that we got to see Ewok life 
we got to learn that they were farmers who had domesticated animals. They could make medicine out of flowers, and they just tried to live a, a normal, peaceful life on that forest moon of Endor, you know, before the, the Empire came, before the Star Cruiser crashed, and the Tawani family landed there and took them out and about on some big adventure. Item 23 was the fact that George made this movie for his daughter. He wanted his daughter to have the ability, have the, the opportunity, rather, to see this kind of movie. She was a fan of the Ewoks, and he thought it would be cool, thought it would be great to, to make a movie for her. You know, he also got an opportunity to, to, to practice making things for, for television on a television budget instead of uh, a blockbuster budget. Got to, you know, use some of his movie-making technology to to put things on the, the TV screen. He even went so far, he didn't have to do this. And he still did it. Even this simple movie that came out in, you know, 40 years ago, this simple movie was was groundbreaking at the time because it was the first movie on television to ever be simulcast in stereo. So even with a, a movie based on furry creatures and kids adventuring to rescue their parents, George wanted to make a movie for his daughter that was technologically advanced, and to me that's pretty dang impressive. The 24th thing, almost the last thing, the 24th thing on my list is another lesson, and that lesson is one that they share at the very end of the movie, and this I will spoil for all of you, and it's a simple quote. It's, it's so simple and at the same time so powerful. And it's something to the effect of that courage, loyalty, and love are the strongest forces in the universe. The last thing on my list isn't from the version of the movie that we see on Disney Plus or the version of the movie that most of us got to see when we were kids. But there was a version in France when they released this in theaters where at the very end in the credits... There was a song called La Petite Ewok, and I know I've mentioned it in my one of my other shows, and I'll just mention it here again because I think it's absolutely wonderful that they, they went so far in other countries that a performer, a professional singer, made a song, sang a song about Ewoks, and then after this movie was done, she performed it live on, on stage during her concerts. So, so not only do I love this movie and, and many of the things, as you heard me talk about 25 of them, you know, in this episode, somebody else, another professional, made a song about Ewoks, the little Ewok. Couldn't be cooler than that. So before I wrap up this portion of this episode, there's two other things I want to mention. One is a piece um, shared with me by Eric Walker. And the other is a is a handful of favorite items from a listener of this show, our buddy Justin, who's um, a, a fantastic guy and has contributed lots of comments and, and support over the, the the year or so that I've been doing it. But let's let's get back to, to to Mace first. So Eric Eric Walker and I have exchanged a couple notes, and one of the things that I asked him if there was anything that he would be willing to share with me about. Caravan of Courage for this episode, and he said that the original the original ending for Caravan of Courage was shot and deleted, and it had Mace, Sindel, Wicket, 
dancing in the snow after he said goodbye to Queen Isarina, the, the little wistie, the, the wisties that I mentioned earlier, the, the light fairies. And see, that party scene celebrated the one that was actually in the movie was, was before but actually got moved. So it was, I think it's it's cool to, to, to have the opportunity to, to talk to the makers, to talk to the stars from the shows and, and, and find out some of those secret little nuggets. So Eric, if you're listening to this, I uh, totally appreciate you, you know, giving me the opportunity, giving me the chance to, to, to share that, that information about the deleted scene with the listeners on the show. And as promised, I had mentioned that I was gonna share some favorite items from listeners of the show. And Justin, who is a voracious reader and a frequent contributor to this, has shared three things that he appreciates, three things that he enjoys about the Caravan of Courage. One of them is kind of like what I had mentioned earlier, is that this movie was inspired by many things, including Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. And I swear he sent that to me after I made my list of things, so I wasn't just copying his list. Second thing that he liked about this movie was the fact that they included miniature horses in the movie. So yes, I mentioned that the Ewoks were farmers and they made medicines out of flowers and they also had miniature horses at their disposal that they that they broke and rode and 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 and, and kept in their in their village. And then the third thing that that Justin said he liked about Caravan of Courage is he liked Mace's arc. The fact that he started out like a punk at the beginning of the movie until he learned the lessons that he had to learn. And we, the viewers, also had to learn. So started off as a punk and then, you know, grew up, matured and and, and um, became the mace that, that, that we saw at the, at the end of the film. And those are my favorite things from the Caravan of Courage couple of Justin's favorite things from Caravan of Courage and a nugget from one of the people, one of the stars, Eric Walker. We now return to the Ewok Adventure. So in the last episode, I started a new segment called Podcast Suggestions. And in this episode, the podcast that I'd like to highlight is called Blast Points. That show is hosted by two absolute legends in the Star Wars podcast game, Jason and Gabe. They've put out almost 400 episodes of their show. In September of 2020, they released four Ewok-centric episodes, including one, episode number 233, that was all about the Caravan of Courage. Jason and Gabe are the epitome of positive wackiness that comes from their core of loving the Star Wars franchise. They've had tons of amazing guests on their show, like Kristen Baver, J.W. Rinsler, Steve Sansweet, Tom Spina, and Kirk Thatcher, just to name a few. Their love of Star Wars is as wide and deep as the franchise itself. They talk about the movies, the video games, the sound effects, the art books, the makers, and even the weird stuff like midi-chlorians and crate dragon yells. Go check them out. Tell them that I sent you and let them know that I'm a ginormous fan of what they do for Star Wars and Star Wars podcasting. And so with that said, I want to thank you for listening to this special episode that was recorded for Star Wars Podcast Day 2024. 
The next episode in the queue for me is an episode of my 25 favorite things about The Phantom Menace. Until our paths cross again, let me say goodbye, friend, in my best Ewokese by saying, Yeehaw Jirota!